welcome back to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine, the podcast that teaches you as much as you pretend to know about wine. My name is Madeline Quigley. I'm Matt Quigley. Alrighty, cool, back at it again. Um, how's it going, Dad? Okay. I'm opening up a nice, crisp can of LaCroix. I have to drink up when I'm here because I'm too... You have to stay hydrated. Well, I have to stay hydrated, A, but I'm too cheap to buy it for myself. So when I come home, I drink like a can. Like I just always have an, an open can in front of me. Um, cool. Well, we're back. We're finishing up. This is part two from last week where we did California... Part one. Did you listen to any of that? I, I don't think you listen to the show at all, do you? No. No, he's not. I'm too self-conscious. Your dad, oh, really? You don't have well, to admit. You don't like the sound of your voice? No. I yeah, don't. I don't, most people don't. Um, I'm just used to it because I talk so much that yes. I've gotten over that one. Um, but I, I did a fun, funky intro music. I put the I California song. He's like, oh, cool. Anyways, um, so we're so we're finishing up. Um, I the other California. The other California. We left it last time in SLO. We we're about fifty percent of the way through the state. So um, I guess to start off, what are what do we SL, got? SLH, you mean? No, San Luis Obispo. Oh, San Luis Obispo. Excuse me. Sorry. Oh yeah, Dad. Um, what is this wine that we have in front of us? Well, what we have here is a Leah uh, Pinot Noir from the Santa Rita Hills, which is part of the Santa Barbara uh, area. Is Santa Rita Hills its own AVA? Of course. But this one, this bottle does say Santa Rita Hills and Santa Barbara County. So it has like two things. Yeah, it's giving you a little more information. Yeah, it is than the average. Last night, um, Dad and Dad and I were at an event, and they were serving champagne, but it wasn't really champagne. And he asked me, he goes, "So is this champagne?" And when I, initially I said no without even looking at the bottle because I assumed, well, they're pro- this is like a huge event. They're probably not giving everyone champagne. But do you where was the what did the bottle say? I think it was a. I think it was. Tattinger from uh, Carneros. Yeah, it was Car- Carneros. And I, it just kind of came to me in the moment. I was like, well, it's California, I think. Because it didn't say, it just said Carneros. So I think that's the first time I've ever correctly identified a wine. Yeah, yeah, literally. It's Carne- so Carneros has to be an AVA, I guess? Carneros is an AVA, and Carneros is the most southern part of the Napa Valley. Oh, okay. Yes, we that's talked not- about that. Yeah, totally. That's how I knew it. Um, cool. Well, I guess we should take a sip. A little bit of fruit, a little bit of structure. Yeah, little, yeah, I would agree. Just, just what I would have said. You took the words right out of my mouth there. Uh, cool. So moving down the state, uh, probably the probably the next best place to stop would be in the Santa Barbara area. So is that pretty far down? I'm going to pull up a map of California. <laughs> yes, it's it's a little ways down. Is it near L.A.? Uh, you're a couple hours north of L.A. All right. Yeah. So you're north of L.A. and considerably south of San Francisco. And 
this is a area that became uh, famous, or some people would say infamous, after the Sideways movie, because the this the a lot of the vineyards and places that were featured in the movie actually do exist, and they're in. Um, What's the plot of that movie? Santa Barbara. <clears throat> well, it's about a a uh, middle-aged fellow who's wife divorced him and his wife marries somebody else and he's kind of lost and he has a friend who's uh, supposedly going to get married and this is their his pre-marriage trip and they were going to play golf and drink wine but instead the uh, his buddy winds up in a torrid affair with some some woman who uh, spoiler alert him. <laughs> so spoiler alert if you haven't seen it uh well, let's very early on. Uh, yeah, I guess that I'm must happen pretty early in the movie. In the movie. Yes. Very interesting. Okay. So, uh, but it became so a really popular movie. Yeah, the, the main character, whose name is Miles, uh, loves Pinot Noir, and so uh, so that movie actually had quite an effect on the industry, and the uh, and uh, boosted sales of, really? of Pinot. Yes. I bet every winemaker wished that they're like, wow, why didn't he choose Chardonnay or exactly? Or why didn't he choose? Well, there's reasons why, but uh, so th- that particular area has become associated with the movie. And if you're planning a trip, uh, obviously it would be useful to see that movie really? beforehand. It's it's just it, it sort of is very interesting in terms of filling things in. Do you do you like that movie? Yeah, I, there's actually. Uh, there's one magnificent scene in it with Virginia, I believe her name is Virginia Madsen. And, um, You're naming a celebrity I don't know, so yeah, this doesn't happen very hard. often. Yeah. yeah. So she uh, has a soliloquy concerning why she loves wine and what she thinks about when she drinks wine and how all the, the people that went, went into making the wine and even that some of the people who made the wine may not even be alive anymore. And it's actually a very beautifully written um, piece in the in the movie. Yeah, this episode's sponsored by the, the film Sideways. Pick <laughs> yeah. up your DVD today. Uh, streaming on Netflix. So, let's get to geography. So I think I've mentioned in the past that one of the... Uh, one of the distinguishing features of a lot of wine areas in California is where... Um, for whatever reason, the geography and the mountains, instead of running north-south, uh, will run east-west, or there's some break in the mountains to allow the the cooler influences of um, the ocean to affect the um, uh, where they grow the grapes. So in Santa Barbara, there's a huge shift in the direction of the mountains, a big tectal plate uh, movement, presumably. And if you look at a topic topo map of California at Santa Barbara, the mountains turn right. So that allows the ocean breezes to come in to a lot of the uh, Santa Barbara area. And at reasonable elevations, then they can grow uh, cool weather grapes such as uh, Pinot Noir. So there's two valleys that, that make it make up uh, Santa Barbara. There's the Santa Maria and then the San Inez. And San Inez is further south and is a lot warmer. So they, Santa Barbara Wines also uh, feature things that are warmer grapes, uh, like cabs and um, 
Zinfandels and, and things like that. So it isn't all cool weather grape. Okay, so there's a lot going on in Santa Barbara, and there's yes, a lot there of sub AVAs. Like for example, right now we have a Santa Rita Hills sub AVA. So basically, what you're telling me is that you can get decent warm weather and decent cool weather grapes out of Santa Barbara. That is correct. Oh wait, you, you, we just talked about the Santa Rita Hills. Yeah. So we, we're drinking a different wine than that one or the um, famous. Well, what I was going to say in terms of. Uh, a value proposition is that almost any single vineyard wine from the Santa Rita Hills is going to be a solid bottle of wine. Okay. Santa Rita. Um, just like any single vineyard from Santa Lucia Highlands is going to be a solid bottle of wine. So Santa Rita. Okay. So Santa Lucia Highlands and um, there you're looking again at Pinot. Yes. And this is another Pinot. Yeah. Or did they grow other grapes in the Santa Rita Hills? Uh, primarily Pinot and Chardonnay. Both areas are Pinot and Chardonnay because they're cool weather. Correct. Now, if you go a little further um, east in the Santa Maria Valley, there's another uh, area that's uh, that is not an AVA, but it does appear on a lot of wine labels because the the property itself is massive, and is actually owned by one. Entity and it's called Bien Nacido. And Bien Nacido has also developed a reputation for excellent wines, some of which are uh, Pinot and Chardonnays, but also, interestingly, uh, Cool Weather Syrah. Uh huh. So, would that all, but then wouldn't that also say Santa Barbara on the bottle? Um, it would likely say Bien Nacido on the bottle if the grapes come from Bien Nacido. Or it may say Santa Maria Valley if it's not covered by either either of those AVAs. Okay, interesting. Well, the the Syrah is really a, a, a fascinating study because um, the way I look at it is there's warm weather Syrah and there's cool weather Syrah. So most of the Syrah that we drink that is not terribly expensive is warm weather Syrah or Shiraz from Australia. Mm-hmm. And these are big fruity wines, um, very alcoholic, typically not very subtle. Uh, the same grape, uh, if raised in a cooler environment and vinified differently, produces an entirely different wine. And these are the wines, the great wines of the Northern Rhone, are Syrah-based uh, uh, wines. So one of the most famous wines in the world, Hermitage, which is what uh, Thomas Jefferson used to frequently drink. Um, they've been around a while. They've been around for a while, yes. If TJ was sipping on it. Correct. So these are made in, in an entirely different way. Oh, yeah, because he loved France. Yes. Francophile, He was sure. a big Francophile, yes. Early supporter of the revolution. And uh, bringing back some bottles for his... Uh, Absolutely. Brothers in the States. Or probably barrels, honestly. Casks, yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> but if if you really want a fascinating study of contrasts, it would be to, to open a bottle of Northern Rhone wine and a bottle of California um 
Syrah or, and see the difference because it's like two different wines. The reason I bring this up is that in the uh, Biennecito area, there are a couple of winemakers who have actually succeeded in making um, cool weather Syrah uh, in, in California. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of them is uh, a producer called Coupe. I wonder if it, so that would be an interesting to do a warm weather and a cool weather Syrah. That, yeah. I think if people are interested, they should like Instagram message us or email us. I think it could be cool to do a episode on how to do a wine tasting or how to start with a wine tasting or. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes the easiest thing to do is take uh, the same varietal from different parts of the world and just try see it how out. Different yeah, that's it is. A good. Yeah, we should do something. I also feel like I know that. I feel like people, and hopefully they're not going to get offended by this, but like everyone's so basic. Like our Napa Valley episode was by far our most popular episode. And so while to, I usually post things to you like, you know, what wine to bring as a hostess gift or what wine to, you know, pair with food. And you're kind of like, well, that's real boring, subjective stuff. But I feel like that's what people are kind of. I don't know, interested in, because we post all these episodes that that I'm like, oh, we're doing something unique, and everyone's like, Napa Valley, woohoo! Like, so if people want an episode on um, how to do a wine pairing, they should just let us know. Um, cool, so we kind of, we did our Santa Barbara. Well, we've done the northern Santa Barbara, and southern Santa Barbara tends to be a, a lot more, the, the, the San Inez Valley tends to be a lot more hit and miss in terms of producers and and the type of wines that they make. As I said, it tends to be more warm weather, so it's cabs and Syrahs. Uh, they, they'll, they'll do some even even warm weather whites like Viognier and uh, French French varietals. Okay. So then what about um, uh, Los Angeles? No wine in LA. Real estate's too mm-hmm. suspensive. Uh, presumably no place to grow it. Uh, if you go south of L.A., between L.A. and, I believe it's between L.A. and San Diego, you, you there's the Temecula wine area, which is very warm and really is not, doesn't send wine warm. out, doesn't send wine out to the rest of the country. Oh. The area is basically a wine Disneyland in the sense that people will go there, taste the wines, but all the wine, virtually all the wines are sold out of the um, tasting, tasting rooms room. and rarely ever reach restaurants or because the, you know, the reality is that the um, quality of the wine is, is pretty average and there, there are really no top Temecula producers. Um, but I did want to mention a couple of other Areas that are kind of off the uh, off the map in the sense of not being right on the coast. Hipster wine, um, and that's as you go um, sort of due east of San Francisco and start heading towards. Wait, we're all Sacramento. the way back up there. It's because we're going to head east over the mountains into the Sacramento Valley. We're we already passed Sacramento. Mm, no, we didn't. Oh my gosh, I don't know my California. Sacramento is south of LA. No, that's what I said. We're, we're going back north. 
East, Wait, so there's nothing east south. Of San Francisco. There's nothing south south of Los Angeles. Of note. Nothing in San Diego. Wine producing? No. I don't know, man. No. As I said, the Temecula. Oh yeah, I see Temecula on this map map, and I also see something called the Cleveland Forest. Can I complain about something really quickly? Go and then ahead. we'll get to your hipster wine. National Geographic published a list of the top travel destinations in the world for 2018. And number three behind Ethiopia and the Netherlands was Cleveland. <laughs> like that, it was like above Morocco and all. I just couldn't. Yes. Cleveland the exotic. I just can't. Every time, it's just like pains me every time I see it. I'm like, who got paid? Who, how much did the tourism board? Oh, gosh. Who's from Cleveland and won't shut up? Like, has been begging them for years. It just pains me so much. Anyways. So you got your cheat map out. Oh, so Sacramento, which is the this, capital? Yes. And sort of in the middle of the state from an east-west standpoint. Yeah, but it, it is. But it's also just like kind of northeast of uh, San Francisco. That's what I said, east of San Francisco. <laughs> no let's, one listens to you, Dad. Let's, Sorry. Let's head east from San Francisco, over the mountains, and into the Sacramento Valley. There's wine there that people are that you that you want to mention. Uh, yes, there is Elk Grove. <laughs> no. So there, uh, I believe it's Amador County. They make um, uh, Zinfandels. Because it's so warm. And yeah. Zinfandel is basically a warm weather. So you want to look for uh, Amador. It's certainly an excellent... Uh, Producer? Uh, area for oh, production. Oh, no. See, the age-old question of wine. Is that the producer? Is that the area? That's the... Amador is the area. The producer... Um, there's the, the many R's of... Uh, of Zinfandel. So there's uh, uh, Ravenswood and Ridge and... Ravenswood. Uh, you used to drink that all the time. Yep. Ravenswood, Ravenswood Ridge. Um, and there's a couple of other uh, R uh, producers of Zinfandel. Okay. In, in Sacramento... Area. Well, it's in the yeah, it's in the Amador County area. Okay, so that's is. Did you have another area kind of inland? Um, another area at the the very top of the of the map, which would be uh, the Sonoma Sonoma Coast area, which is sort of an up and coming area. So this is we're back to the north of of what we've been talking about uh, Napa Napa Sonoma. And there's a lot of uh, cool, another, a lot of cool weather grape uh, production there as far as Pinots and, and Chardonnays. Okay, so this is, so we kind of did, um, we kind of started at the top of the state and there was something a little bit north of Napa. What was that? The Anderson Valley, Oh, we north had, of Napa. I don't think we really mentioned that. Well, the Anderson is another east-west valley. Um, very cool weather, uh, can produce some Pinots, but also makes Rieslings and things that don't, um, that don't ripen, uh, you know, that are, that, that easily ripen. 
See, that's the thing. Like, I hear, now I hear Riesling, and correct me if I'm wrong, but now I hear Riesling and I'm kind of like, oh, you're really trying, like, that's like a, I'm really trying to pull to get something together here. Well, it's on the edge. It's on the, um, on, it's on the temperature edge of what you can do in terms of winemaking. Is, if you can't ripen Riesling, you can't ripen anything. I was going to say, is Riesling like the easiest to ripen? Right. And it also tends to be the lowest alcohol. Because there, there really is a correlation between... Temperature and elk. Well, temperature, sun, yeah, and, and alcohol. So a lot of sun translates into higher now, what, sugar levels. What's like the hottest grape on the other end? Is that like a Zin or... Yeah, there are a lot of hot. There are a number of hot weather grapes. Um, the uh, the GSM combination we've talked about in the past, Grenache, uh, Syrah, when and it's Mouvedra, cold. and Mouvedra. Yeah, he's like she's learned something. Wow. Yeah. Two are, months later, those are hot weather. Obviously, Cab is a is a hot weather. Zin is hot weather. Okay, so those are all on the hot hot spectrum. So starting at the top, we kind of got Sonoma Coast and Napa Valley, which are kind of parallel to each other, divided by a mountain range. Not Sonoma Coast, Sonoma Valley. Sonoma Valley, but then even parallel to that is Sonoma Coast. Coast. So right there, we kind of right, got... Yeah, before, you you know, like between the ocean and the mountain is the coast. Be- between the Thank mountains. you for explaining what a coast is to me. <laughs> well, Thank you. But the, the mountains wind up defining the, the geography of the area. So um, we have that. And then nothing really in San Francisco. South of San Francisco, we got Monterey. Well, even south of San Francisco, you got Santa Cruz Mountains. Okay. And then, then oh yeah. you have Monterey. And then you have Monterey. And then you kind of go, you have Central Coast. You have, yeah, you have a very large area between Monterey and... I think you said San Luis. And Santa Barbara. Which is considered Central Coast. It's a huge AVA, and it's <clears throat> and that's kind of tends to be bulk really, wine. yeah. Like, tends to be bulk wine. I just think that so. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned, obviously, is I we know geography is a huge part of it. We talk about it all the time, but one of the biggest things we learned was you know just because it says California on the bottle, that doesn't mean it's great. In fact, that might, that probably is an indication that it could be from that, you know, middle of the state, central area, like who knows. Um, but you know, there's Napa, which is a area that everyone knows about, but people should also similarly look out for, um, Santa Barbara and, um, Monterey and what was just north of Monterey? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Would you say those are areas that can have equally um, worthwhile wines as Napa? Absolutely, if you know what you're if you know what you're doing. Yes. How do you know what you're doing? Do you have to like kiss a whole bunch of frogs, or is there like a resource? Well, to a certain extent, you do, but you can also read. I mean, there are very established producers in these areas that have stood the test of time but as a shorthand uh, I think that if you limit the geography sufficiently then you don't have to worry so much about the producers virtually all the wine in that area is going to be good so we talked about in Napa if you pick a wine from Rutherford 
almost always it's going to be a very good bottle of wine. You get a bottle from Oakville, it's going to be a really good bottle of wine. Um, and um, as you go further south, uh, the San Lucia Highlands is a very small ABA. Just about anything that you get there is going to be good. Similarly, the Santa Rita Hills, um, a excellent AVA. So virtually anything that you pick so I guess from it, there is going to be good. You don't even have to worry so much about producers. You're not going to get a bad bottle of wine. Okay, so just as usual, just kind of keep it as specific as possible. You know, Santa Rita Hills versus California. I don't understand. I don't, yeah, I don't know why you're staring at me blankly. It wasn't really a question. It was just... <clears throat> I was just kind of stating that people should aim to be more specific in their... Well, not only that, but that there are certain AVAs that are uniformly good, have uniformly good producers, so that even if you were to just blindly pick a producer out of these AVAs that I told you about, you will more than likely have a, a very good bottle of wine. Cool. All right. Well, that's good to know. Um, I guess we can probably wrap this up. All right. Wave goodbye to California. Wave goodbye to California. Trust me, don't worry, California. I am sure we'll be talking about you soon. The other producer I wanted to put a a, uh, plug in for is Ojai. O-J-A-I. So there's Ojai and Coupe are some of the uh, great producers in the Santa Barbara area making... Amazing cool weather Syrahs. Okay. All right. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. We didn't forget about you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our part two episode of California. Um, this is Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to leave a review on iTunes, it would mean so much to us, so please subscribe, rate, and review. If you are review, if you do review it, we will give you a shout-out on the podcast. That's what we've been doing lately. Uh, questions, comments, concerns can be emailed to us at dadteachesmeaboutwine at gmail.com. Uh, the best place for up-to-date information on the show is our Instagram page, um, at dadteachesmeaboutwine. Um, any last words from you? Nope. Okay. Well, until next week, cheers to that. Okay.